Hello and welcome to another episode of the Run, Try, Chat podcast, where your favorite podcasters get together for a virtual chat about issues in running, triathlon, and the endurance sport lifestyle. So sit back and enjoy. It takes a lot to get to the top and a little just to fall off quick. And I think I've seen you here before. Sometimes you fly so high, so fast it makes you sick. You won the battle and lost the war. But I don't mind if you say every time you talk to me, every time we talk, we came, we saw. Hi, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Run, Try, Chat podcast. I'm Barb, also host of the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast, and today we're going to be talking about ways that we can try to promote the endurance sport lifestyle. On the phone with me are three guys I really admire for differing reasons, but the, the thing they have in common is that they all do a superb job of promoting a healthy athletic lifestyle on their shows. They do a lot to help other people and to encourage others, and uh, I'm really, really excited to have them on. First off, we have Chris Russell of the Run Run Live podcast, a man who needs no introduction, from Boston. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> It's kind of cool. I've never actually talked to you before. You haven't? No, I don't think we've ever talked face-to-face like this before. I think we've talked on the phone. Have we? No. I think we've No, we haven't. We've sung together or we've tried to sing together. We've done all sorts of things. We've never actually, like, had, you know, I talk, you talk, I talk, you talk at the same time. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, We have Mike from Dirt Dog's Running Diatribes. Uh, Dirt Dog, how are you doing tonight in Detroit? I am fine. I have my beer. I'm watching baseball. Baseball? How are the uh, Red Wings doing this year? Uh, It's almost the playoffs, but you know what? Luckily, good story, my dad uh, is sick, so bad for him, good for me. I'm going to the Red Wing game tomorrow night. Oh, nice. So at some point we're going to meet up, I think, right? The Canucks and and the Red Wings for the Canucks to take you guys out? Yeah, sure, whatever. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and we've got Jake, young Jake from Run Like Health, who is always inspiring me because he's so damn um, healthy. Healthy and and what's the <laughs> word? I want to say he's so positive, <laughs> never whining, never complaining, always happy. Hey, Jake, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, it's good to have you. Nice to have. I'm very positive. Pardon me. I'm very positive right now. Are you? Yeah, I save all the negative stuff for my wife at home. Oh, poor one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably all do that. A little she gets bit, to, she gets to hear most of the complaining. So, <laughs> and what kind of things would you would you be complaining about? Uh, these days, mostly weather. Ah, uh, yeah. It's but, just, is it, but actually, it hasn't been too bad over the last couple of days. So. Have you been you able gotta, to ride outside yet? I went on my first outside ride yesterday. Yeah, me too. And it was fantastic. It was it was extremely windy, um, almost to the point of like blowing me over a couple times. But I was good with it because I was not in my basement. Yeah, anything. And and Chris, were you on a bike or were you running outside? You were biking. Um, well, I did both yesterday, but I was on the bike uh, like Jake, and it was nice. It was windy. Um, just took it easy for a little spin and uh, a lot of stuff on the road though, huh, Jake? From all the snow. Yeah, well, you really had to watch where you're going. I mean, potholes and like big dig, like digs out of the tar and everything. So yeah, it's, yeah, crazy. We have uh, guys who come and clean all the streets. There's so much gravel on the roads, and they're up. They're up in our neighborhood right now. But they, you, they actually get a grader and grade all the gravel off the road and shovel it into dump trucks, and then they come and wash the streets. Yeah, that was the one thing you really had to watch out for was those big, yeah. like, gravel patches, you know, because that, yeah. that'll eat you up pretty quick. No kidding. Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think about, like, how to get started in this. The, the topic of our show today is talking about promoting the whole endurance sport lifestyle. How do, you know, and I was thinking, like, 
I guess that's sort of the purpose of why I even had a show, a podcast in the first place, was just sort of to get out there and uh, I was listening to all these other shows and they were really encouraging me to get out there and that's sort of how what got me started in doing physical activity because I'd been a coach potato all my whole life. And then I finally decided, you know, if, if I can do the kinds of things I've done in, in sports... Um, after being a couch potato my whole life, uh, you know, other people can too. And I wanted to be able to use that as sort of a, to motivate others. So I guess I want to ask you guys, just for starters, like, why did you start your show and what do you hope people get out of it? So why don't you tell us a little bit about yours, Chris, because you've been around for a while. You must be in your third year at least, eh? <laughs> I've been around for a while. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> we got to start with the age jokes, Barb, even you. Oh, I, I'm not talking about age, Matt. I'm, I'm the last to talk about age. I just hit my big 51 birthday a couple of days ago. But I'm talking about well, your show. You've been, you're doing your show for like three years now, hey, at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think I, I think Dirt Dog and, and you guys, you're the same way. It's, not, it's, it's something we do because we enjoy doing it, right? At the end of the day, we mm-hmm. do it anyhow, even if nobody was listening, so... So it's just kind of fun and creative, and has a nice little rhythm in your life. And and a, one of the nice, the nice side effects is that every once in a while you get to help somebody. Uh, so you know, it's it's just like if you were good. when I when I first started, it was just like, you know, the way I learned everything I know is by going out with the old timers around New England and and doing all the races and and learning from the running clubs and all the the experts. And so that's what I always said. That tribal knowledge, I have a, I have that because of where I live and what I've done. But there may be somebody out in the middle of, you know, Oklahoma or Kansas somewhere, who doesn't have that advantage, and and I can help them by sort of spreading that around. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and so many of the things that you do when people hear things that you're doing, and they think, well, gee, maybe I can do that as well, and and just. I don't know. You come across as very humble, but and yet you're very, you're, you're very amazing. You know the things that you're able to do with the ultras and the hundred that hundred mile bike ride thing. That just every time I hear that show, that just kills me. What you've done, and uh, I guess when I hear things like that, it makes me think. Well, you know, hey, if he can do that, you know, maybe I can do that. And I don't have to do the little thing. You don't have to go do the big things. I mean, you can start small. And uh, that's yeah. one of the things I've noticed on your show. You you give advice on on the little bits and pieces that help people to to get started. Well, it's it's interesting because I'm I'm very much guilty of uh, scaring the hell out of people, and and I get that with my my running club all the time, where some new person will show up for a run, and I'll go off and drag them through an eight mile tempo run in the woods, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll never show up again. So they've basically taken me out of those sort of situations. Um, but it's just because I love it, you know. So sometimes I really have to tone down what I'm doing <laughs> to uh, to remember, you know, to remember that some people are, are just starting the journey. Yeah. Are you tr- are you trying to be cognizant of that when you do your show? Oh yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's tough though because you don't want to lose people's interest, right? You don't yeah. want to talk down to people, yeah. but you don't want people to be put off either. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a balance. It's a balance. But I think the information, you know, you got to have enough information and enough entertainment and enough inspiration to get that balance right to to keep people moving. So I try to keep that balance. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I think that you're very good at that because of all the little segments you have in your show. You got it really you know, you're probably the most polished, I'm going to say, of the three of us, of the four of us that are here right now. In, you've got all those segments, and it's kind of nice. It keeps it interesting for people. But no matter how what amazing thing you're doing, you've always got some little information to help somebody get started too. And and uh, what about you, Mike? Because you've got a really different kind of show. What 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 you know? What do you want people to get out of your show? I have no idea what people get at anymore mm-hmm. of the of the show. <laughs> um, it seems the more I put my wife on, um, they seem to relate more to her um you know when i started mine it was just a i needed an accountability factor to try and do the ultras that i was attempting and then um you know so much of what i do centers around my family and how i fit it in so um you know it's kind of morphed now into you know trying to include more of what other people are doing and especially my wife since she's getting ready for another marathon and um you know, I I don't know. I 
it's one of those things where, like Chris says, I've had the tribal knowledge, so to speak, because I've been around it for so long. But for me, it's trying to figure out how to get it out to people and not sound like you're um, a know-it-all or uh, you're the de facto, the, you know. Yeah, not to sound too elitist. Yeah, because that's not, it's just that you've been around for so long, you know intuitively how to do things, but then how to get it to come across and, and make it in layman's terms for people has always been, has been interesting for me at least. Um, but, so that's been Mike, the fun part. But Hey, Mike, you've, you've had some success, though, um, in the last couple of years. You brought your couple of your buddies through the Couch to 5K program. You brought your wife uh, along. You brought your dad along. So you've had some, some one-to-one success just by demonstrating the lifestyle. Yeah, it, it, and, um, you know, the, the one thing I've learned, like, from especially my wife, is that, um, you know, I just, when she asks for something, then I know to kind of give give her an answer or stuff. I don't, you know, keep saying to her, you need to do this, you need to do, to do this, because that doesn't work. Um, so, so I I know my role with her, um, you know, in terms of what she needs. If if it's the long runs, I'm supposed to make sure that she has music to listen to and more than one podcast for four hours, and um, you know, make sure her stuff is laid out because that's she just wants to be able to go out the door and run. Yeah, I had to laugh when you when, when I was listening to you guys' race reports the other day and how she was out there and all of a sudden like, oh my god, I'm going to a race by myself and I have to get everything done myself. Yeah. <laughs> that just killed me. But I know what you mean about um, people wanting to hear your spouse, spouse on, you know, because I'm constantly getting that, get Eric on the show, get Eric on the show. I think it's too to be able to hear that, that differing opinion, you know, the, the variety too. But uh, maybe it's also, maybe it's because you get to see spouses you know, who both are, are doing, uh, act, you know, being fit and getting out there and doing stuff and not, uh, you know, not necessarily the same things and how do, you, how do they work it through because that's a big part of it too. So, Jake, how about you? You know, you've, you're kind of the youngest and the newest podcaster and you've had your show up for, well, have you done a year yet? Yeah, I actually this, this next show I'm going to put out is, is kind of like my one year anniversary. Holy cow. Um, yeah, I can't believe it's been a year already. So it's crazy. What do you hope people get out from your show? And maybe how's your opinion of what you thought podcasting was going to be about? And how's it changed? Well, I think, um, I mean, I think I started my show because I wanted to share uh, my journey and how I changed my life through endurance sports. Um, and I wanted to let people know that if a guy like me could do that with himself, that anybody could really do it. Um, and I think I like to inspire people um, just by being like, just by the example that I set and um, sharing my, you know, my experiences in training. And I, it's like I feel like I learn stuff every day, you mm-hmm. know, just through listening to other podcasts and reading and and I like to, you know, share with people that stuff that I learn as I learn it. Um, you know what I mean? And yeah. um you know, as for um what I thought about podcasting and how it's different than what I thought, um I'm not really sure. I mean I don't I don't think I went into it with any preconceived notions and I just have been kind of, you know, rolling along as as it flows along you know what i mean yeah. and um it became difficult to get one out every week and i discovered that you know pretty early on um and then i kind of moved to a you know bi-weekly kind of routine and now it's just like you know when i when i can get enough content together and put you know put together a decent show i'll, I'll throw one out there yeah well i'm often amazed at how you and, and dirt dog as well how you guys can do it with little kids because, you know, I don't have, I've got a teenager at home now, but uh, the time commitment to work full-time and look after kids and do all my training and then throw in podcasting, would, I think that's, it just amazes me that you guys are able to fit all of that in. But, yeah, uh, it's a balancing act for sure. Yeah. So, um, 
Like, I'm kind of curious to also with you guys, like, do you do things like this outside of podcasting and outside of the social media? Like, what kinds of things do you do to try to promote um, physical fitness and encourage others outside of, like, in, in real life? Hey, Chris, I know you got a, a race you uh, direct. That would be one thing, hey? Yeah, it's coming up this weekend, actually. Can, can you hear me? I'm not yeah. on mute, yep. right? We can um, hear you. I, I had to sneeze. So I, put, I put myself on mute. I got a little bit of the allergy. We're changing seasons here. Oh, nice. The uh, <coughs> yeah, and and I think that's something that was that was very important to me. I took over the directorship of this race basically because the, the it had gotten to the point where they didn't want to do it anymore, and it was something that I I had been doing for you know I don't know I had run it every year for fifteen seventeen years. And I wasn't going to let it die, so I really threw all my energy into it. But what the community gets out of that is amazing. After after two decades of having this race every spring, um, people are planning, families plan their lives around it, right? Uh-huh. And it's it's really amazing. We've actually um, inspired or grown three generations of successful high school and college cross country and track runners wow. through through our youth program. And I don't have anything to do with that. I mean, it's a bunch of other talented people, but that just having the event with that mission allows us to get that sort of momentum. And we're throwing some small scholarships at some of the track students, you know, some little things. But just having the event to wrap that energy around and and having that, that summer track and field program for the kids and supporting, you know, we have the track team down there helping yeah, you know, it really it really gives a lot of positive momentum. I think it's really positive. I think it's positive well beyond the actual event itself. You know what I'm saying? Totally. That's great. That's the Groton Road Race, right? Yep. Is that, yep. Is that the name of the city you live in? You're, I know that's you're where in I was, That's where I grew up, Groton, Mass. Oh, okay. But that's not where you're living now. I live, I live in the next town over. Oh, next town over. Okay. And and what about you, Mike? You know, I remember you talking about um, a running group that you had at work that you were trying to encourage people to go running or something. Oh, the Fun Run series? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bef- yeah, before I even had the podcast, um, I had done a weekly group run, and everybody had nicknames, and I had <laughs> contrived point values, and there was the... Um, um, I had some different events. Like one year, I made shirts for the holidays, and people donated money for Toys for Tots for the shirts. And um, <clears throat> it's still going. I mean, not everybody runs every Thursday, and not anymore because I'm in. Um, I go to class, but um, you know that's something I've done to kind of try and promote uh, running. And then just you know whether it's uh, coaching soccer or out you know in mm-hmm. the community at school, you know people know that. I just happen to be a runner, um, so sometimes you know you end up getting questions asked. And um, recently, I donated a coaching plan for uh, the Detroit Marathon coming up. So I'll be working with somebody there, and who happens just to be one of my son's dads, um, well, one of the kids' friends' dads, whoever. Um, but so I'll be doing that. So it's just kind of like as they know, you know who you are. Um, and know nothing of the social media or I don't wear a big pin or anything that says, you know, this is who I am. Um, just naturally the conversation turns to, um, you know, running and what do you think? And actually today I was, I have this week off. So I took my daughter to gymnastics and I was talking to, uh, somebody and they're expecting their third kid. And he's like, man, I don't know how I'm going to squeeze it in. And I'm like, if you would just get up in the morning, um, because he'll wait till like you know he has 30 minutes sometimes scattered throughout the day and then that time might get blown away for something and mm-hmm. I, you know for me um one of the keys has always been even before we had kids was that the time in the morning was you know m- my most precious time nobody was going to interrupt me uh there wasn't anything going on in the day so that's just kind of like those little parts of wisdom you can kind of get out to people and maybe it'll sink in yeah that's so true i, I kind of have like two groups of friends i got one group of friends at at the place i work right now the school i'm at right now that are all young and quite a few of them 
are either runners or triathletes, and it's kind of neat. They're all younger than I am, but, uh, you know, you got that whole conversation going, and, you know, I don't have to <laughs> try to encourage them to do anything because they, if anything, inspire me. But uh, I also have another group of friends. They're all very good friends, but none of them are physically active, and none of them, you know, try to eat very healthy, and some of them have weight issues and stuff, and and I, I struggle with that because I really want to try and, you know, like I'm Barb always harping on them kind of thing. Not not in a negative way, but, you know, I'm, I'll send them, uh, you know, links to books. I think, hey, you, have you guys read this Younger Next Year? It's a great book. Or or I tried to get, I'm trying to get them all come, to come and do a women's 5K r- race, in the, which you can walk or run. I'm trying to get them to do that in, in June and just, just little things. It's But I find it's it's such a struggle, you know. And I'm wondering uh, if you guys find that as well with with the people that you, you know, your friends and family. Who wants? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's exactly like Mike says. You can't you can't push anybody. Yeah. Or do anything, but you can lead by example. And I I try to um, actually keep a fairly tall wall between this activity. Uh, and uh, you know, like my my business life and that sort of thing. They know what I do, but they don't know the extent of it. Yeah, right. That's right. Because I don't too. want I don't want that to be what defines me in that uh, in that sphere. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Nobody in Kelowna knows Kelowna girl. <laughs> None yeah. of my friends do it. They're starting to get a little bit of crossover, just a little bit, and. Uh, my some of my closest friends have actually uh, been recorded on the show for races and stuff, but they don't really, they don't even ask what's a podcast. So they don't really know anything about it, and uh, yeah. there is no crossover whatsoever. And if you Google my real name, you will not find the word Cologne Girl anywhere, and that's just the way I like it. But I still try to, you know, encourage people, you know, outside of that in that part of my life. And I think one of the things that that I find is that people have so many excuses. You know, well, oh, how do you do that? Like, I'm too tired, or I'm too, I don't have time, or uh, can't afford to, or all these different things. Uh, and I guess that's maybe something else that we can maybe talk a little bit about. What are some of the excuses you hear, and what are some of the things, I don't know, the, the answers you can give to that? I find that I, um, I, <clears throat> I help a lot of people out as far as nutrition goes mm-hmm. um, because the, everybody knows that I have the, the vegan power. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. So, you so, get a lot you know, of converts too. I know. And I just, you know, I, I've done so much research about it and yeah. I, I feel like I've immersed myself into mm-hmm. um, that whole topic and subject that you know, if somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, you know, what 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 can I do to, you know, to to do this, or I want to do this with myself," and you know, I feel like I can, you know, give some solid advice. And um, you know, they, a couple of times, you know, people, you know, people will ask me, you know, what's the what, what's how did you lose all that weight? What do I need to do? And right. I look, you know, right at them and say, "Well, the first thing you need to do is stop eating dairy." And they'll look right at me and say, "Well, I can't do that." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I was like, "Well, you know that that's you asked me, and then I, I just told you." <laughs> but um, I I think I've actually had a lot of people come back to me and say, "You know, I I tried it and it worked." And I said, "Well, there you go." You know, um, and I'm I'm actually thinking about going. I I am not thinking about it, but I am going to be going back to school and um, for um, holistic nutrition. Oh, and um, hopefully, you know, start um, doing something as a holistic nutrition coach. So that's I'm so kind of cool. looking forward to that. You can combine what you love. Right, exactly. You know, I'm totally into it. And, you know, my wife and I, too, are both, you know, totally into this. And, you know, I know I can, um, you know, help people and, you know, help people overcome some of the things and some of the problems that maybe Western medicine um, has failed them on. So, yeah, that's true. So, uh, I guess I'm, I'm kind of still wondering, though, like with the excuses and stuff. You know, what are some of the things that? Uh, what excuses do you hear? What kind of answers do you give for, for excuses when you hear when people say they can't, they don't have time, or they're too tired? Like I remember as a, having a little children, I, I my excuse was I was just too tired. I didn't have time to exercise, and I was way too tired because I was up with toddlers all the time. It's funny. I find it difficult when people say that to me. 
Um, because I mean, I, there's one guy in particular I know who who wants. He, I know he wants to lose weight, and we talk about it, you know, pretty often, you know, about what what he needs to do, and um, and I don't even know what to say to the excuses sometimes because you know it's always about time and it's always about I don't have time to do this, I don't have time to do that, and I don't know what to say because here I am, I have a full time job, I have children. You know, both four and six, and um, I travel three hours a day to and from work, and I get ten and a half hours of training in a week. You know, so it, mm-hmm. it's almost like I don't know what to say to you because look at me, I I just I just do it. I find a way to do it, and it's important to me, and I do it. Right. It's if it's important to you, you'll do it. Right. It's it's really not a question of time; it's a question of priority. Because if exactly. you think about it, you use 100% of your time. No matter what you're doing, you're using 100% of your time. Yeah. I use probably 110%. <laughs> <laughs> you know, t- time is a time is is a constraint for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm in time debt time. right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so what you're doing to and this is another one of those things. What you're doing, man, is you're you're pri- prioritizing your life over your over sleep. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Which is going to come back and bite me someday. Right. I know but it is. I get it. It's, it. it's a choice, right? Right. <laughs> you can do that over short periods of time, but that's that, that's really an easy one, uh, the time one. And and uh, Dirt Dog hit it right on the head where you got to get up and do it early. If you're going to get any serious work done, you got to get up early and do it before the day gets away from you. Yeah. And the one the one I throw out there all the time is, you know, how much television do you watch? Oh yes. Yeah, that's a good like, one. I don't watch any TV. I spend way too much time on the computer. I'm not going to argue that. But, you know, it's it came, my my fitness stuff, it can easily come out of people's television watching time. You know what's yeah. interesting is uh, I heard um, Coach Brett from Zen and the Auto Triathlon say this one time. He said, if you eliminate the time you spend in front of the computer, non-work related, mm-hmm. and in front of the TV, you could train for an Ironman. Oh, for sure. You know, and... It's weird to think about it, but when you think about it, he's like, yeah, he's right, <laughs> you know? I kind of think, too, with people, a lot of times, you know, the whole trying to get fit and get started, is so it's so difficult to get started, um, and sometimes it can just be so overwhelming, and um, I think sometimes if you think about it, you just want to start with, make just make some little small changes, start with something small, and you don't have to go out and train for Ironman, you know? You can start by just walking for 20 minutes every day or something, you know, and if and this, you build on your successes. And, uh, well, I think I, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I've been trying to do that recently. I actually think the couch to five k, <laughs> I think the couch to five k program is too intense for beginners. Yeah, I, for some I, I it think, is. I think you should just start with twenty minutes of activity three days a week, yeah. and not yeah. even worry about it because the more important than doing that work is is attaining the habit. The habit. And once you attain the habit, then you can move forward with that. You know, and I think, yeah. I, and I did a survey on this, and a lot of people said that they had started and then they had stopped. Then they start again and then they stop. Yeah. Because they just can't get the habit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and one of the things, too, like when I was able to, <clears throat> during the summertime, um, get going with my buddy Trent again and get him started, he was, you know, he was overweight, uh, you know, didn't want to be that way anymore. And, like, like you said, Chris, um, it was just a couple of times a week what I told him. I said, you're just going to go out and walk. And I would drive to his house at least once a week and, and help him try and make it a habit. Um, because I think that's one of the things, too, when people are starting out and they, they've never done it before, um, they don't know where to look to kind of get a, a group or resources. Mm-hmm. You know, you or I, we all have, like, our network of people that we can turn to and say hey let's go do this but if you're starting out from nothing um and, and you're trying to make a positive change you always don't have that network available to you and don't know where to look that's um, right yeah and yeah. a lot of people don't like to train or to do sports or anything like that alone either they want to have somebody and they say well i don't have anybody to go with so yeah you know. and you remember when you started it's really hard to pace yourself right yeah when you started you went out too fast yeah and so what happens is they go out too fast they either 
it hurts or they hurt themselves and they yeah. stop. Yeah. So I would I would much rather have people ease into the into the habit and then worry about the exercise. Yeah, that's that's so true. And and like you say, it's for, especially for people that are, are trying to lose some weight and uh, you know get out there. You can't you're not going to maybe not be able to get out there and do a bunch of running right away. You know, but just going out and walking. And I've heard of people who have maybe been like a hundred pounds overweight or something and get out there and just walk into the corner and back was a huge yep. challenge for them. And that's what they did. They walked to the corner and back until they could do it easily. And then they pretty soon, boy, the day they could walk around the block. And the other thing you'll notice in, on these, Jake, maybe you had this experience yourself. I don't, I don't know your story in detail um, on your weight loss, but the ones I hear, the people who are successful, are the people who didn't give up the first time it didn't work, didn't give up right. the second time it didn't work, didn't give up the third time it didn't work. You know, mm-hmm. it's there's not a straight line from being, you know, over overweight and inactive to being, you know, a, a successful triathlete like Jake. Right. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of fits and starts and a lot of corners. I actually lost um, 80 plus pounds three times. Oh my! Before I fi- before I figured this out. Before you were able to keep it off. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you struggle been, at all to keep it off now? Do you have no, to work at it. God no. No, <laughs> no it's th- this lifestyle that I've discovered. Um, I I know and. and Man, you know, I look back and I'm like, why didn't I do this like 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, because this, when I finally discover this lifestyle, it's like this is the key um, for me to be healthy and live as long as I possibly can. And it's a hell of a lot of fun in the meantime, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and you're still lucky because you are still young. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't. Um, really figure that out until they're getting into their 40s and yeah. uh, I mean you know speaking for somebody who didn't start until I was over 45 you know I just kept putting it off putting it off because well I was you know I was in my 30s you know and I'm, but you know eventually it starts to catch up and I think you hear a lot of people there's a lot of people in their 40s who start um, becoming fit at that point and that's yeah. when they're kind of at that point where they want to start and I think sometimes your metabolism is so high when you're in your 20s you don't even have to worry about it anyways but uh for some people, it just after you have kids for women or whatever. But, uh, yeah, having that, the, taking the little steps and starting slow and, and not giving up. Like, I think sometimes you feel like if you gave up once, then you failed, and now that's your excuse to quit. But, uh, I don't know, if I quit the first time I got shin splints, I wouldn't have been running for the, every single time I get them. I just have to keep, you know, you just keep trying something new, and you keep going back at it, no matter what it is. Yeah, um, so absolutely you want to, like I said, you want to make it a habit, make it part of your lifestyle, and then it, it's much easier. Once then, then it's easier to do the prioritization and the time stuff that we talked about because it's important to you. So what about those people that have been doing, like they do the, because uh, this is another thing that I was just thinking about now as I started. I, I went for a year or so where I went to one of those circuit fitness places for women, you know, and I'd go in and three times a week and it was kind of fun and but, you know, I would go with friends, and we would do it. And I didn't really sweat much or anything, but, you know, it was a good time. And I was getting out and doing things. But, you know, how about taking that next step to doing things that are, like, you know, really getting your heart rate up and actually, you know, having a significant effect on your body and where you actually start to get those endorphins running. Man, I think if we could give everyone a shot of endorphins, uh, they'd get addicted and want to work harder at it, too. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a good. That's a great question because you know you have those um, those chains that are like curves and mm-hmm. those kind of places where the women go in and they fiddle around on the on the equipment for twenty minutes or so. But I'm not sure that's a that. I mean, at least you're doing something. Yeah. But is that a stepping stone to doing something better, or is that gonna keep you from doing something better? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's certainly not the most efficient way to get a workout. No. I mean, it got me started. Actually, what worked for me was they ha- happened to have a heart rate monitor strap at at the fitness place that I was at, and they said I could borrow it. And so I put it on, and I was watching the little watch, and I saw the chart, and it's supposed to, I'm supposed to get my heart rate over 145 according to this chart on the wall. So I thought, oh, my heart rate's not even near there. So I was like working like crazy and sweating 
like crazy, and people were looking at me like, boy, you're working hard, aren't you? You know, as they sit there and have their little coffee while they're working out, you know, and I, I got addicted to that whole, uh, and I think because I was logging what I was doing too, you know, I think for some people that's probably a good idea if you start writing down everything you do so you start to notice um, the growth that you've you've made or even taking your measurements, it's like weighing yourself, it's all those little things that can uh, kind of, I don't know, it, I find that motivating for me anyways. Do you still keep a log, uh, Mike? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, for Daily Mile, I tend to use that as like my creative writing outlet yeah. <laughs> um, with the acronyms and, and stuff. Um, but most of the stuff is on um, Buckeye where it's pretty, you know, stripped bare bones down. And <clears throat> that's something that I, I like the interface and I just go back and kind of look and see um, what I've done over the past, you know, four or five years and, and try and see patterns in terms of mileage and pace and um you know that sort of thing so i don't use the paper one anymore and i threw out i think i had like um 10 of the old remember runner's world spiral bound notebooks sure um i had a bunch of those that i just threw out um i think when we moved here and i don't know why i did that maybe i was trying to be conserving space or something but uh from way back when I started, I had all those paper journals that I just ditched. So it's all online now. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Are you still logging? Because you've been doing it for you've been running for such a long time. You still find that motivating? Yeah. I I don't I don't keep a paper log. I used to just keep a notebook and draw you know some lines on the notebook and and just put in each day's you know mileage and what mm-hmm. I did, but not a whole lot. I mean, I don't log my shoes or any of that stuff that people do. I found it more important when you get started, um, but once you get into the rhythm after so many years, you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. I might do it, I might do it for a specific campaign, uh, especially if it's something new I'm doing, just so I can track the, the progress on that specific campaign. But I'll put the stuff in Daily Mile, but just the clean stuff. I won't go in and put my cross-training or my, you know, any of the weird stuff in there. Yeah. But, Jake, but you, I, but, you have but a I think, oh, go I, th- I think the point, though... Barb is that if you are a beginner, you should keep yeah. a paper log, and because it's it's very uh, and that goes to having looking at it the long view again, mm-hmm. getting into the habit, and if you can make that writing down your accomplishment part of the reward, uh, the habit, I think that'll help you keep the habit. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking, you know. And I know I still I'm still very motivated by the numbers and very motivated to like I walk in the door before I have a shower, I've got my Garmin plugged into my computer. That's my first thing I do is like it's my little treat to myself to go look at that and see, ah, there you go, another run, another bike. But you know, I mean I've only been doing this for a few years, so it's still very very motivating for me. And and what about you, Jake? Have you do you still log everything? Yeah, I mean I I have been logging everything on Daily Mile um, mm-hmm. right now. And that's kind of how I keep track of my monthly mileage and stuff like that. Um, but I think this summer with this um, with the seventy point three I have coming up, I'm going to go old school. And I bought this um, like daily like calendar planner, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to be logging a lot of stuff in that, um, mostly based around nutrition. Um, you know, I'm going to keep track of the temperature. Like on certain days that I work out and exactly how much, you know, fluid I consumed and fuel I consumed. And, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully to really nail that down before the race, especially um, for the cycling portion, I think. Yeah. Just to, I really want to have that in, in check and have it right. It's kind of like Chris said, it's because it's the first time you're doing something, so it's good to have that data at the beginning. Just yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, you know, one thing, too, is that... Um, my wife, I, you know, when she said she wanted to run another marathon, I said, well, you need, you need to start logging your stuff just to be accountable. Um, and she has really gotten into, you know, putting her stuff in the daily mile and she likes, you know, having that interaction with people. Um, and for her, it's good to see the plan, what she's supposed to do, and then putting down how she ran it and what she felt, mm-hmm. uh, for her, that's a huge accountability factor. Um, 
to be able to go in and get home and then say, okay, I got to log it. So sometimes in the morning it's who grabs what uh, piece of electronic equipment to log our mileage, um, you know, before we get out the door. For me, it's just to put it down. For her, it's an accountability. So, and, and that's important for her. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and everybody's different from what what's important in the way they want to have it done, whether you want to go old school or not. I mean, computers had been invented when I started running, so it was just a natural for me. Uh, do you guys do anything uh, to promote fitness at your work? That's interesting. <laughs> um, I don't think I do. I, I think some people at work know what I do in my spare time. Um, a lot of times, because like for just for example, yesterday I rode the the Fireman Triathlon Olympic Distance Course, and it just happens to be right here at work. It, it runs right by where I work, so I brought my bike to work, and before I started, you know, working, I just went out and and rode the course, and you know, so people see me out and running and cycling like today i ran while i was at work during my lunch break and um i see guys go by and wave at me you know while i'm yeah. while i'm out running so people know that i do this um you know at work but i don't think anybody knows about my podcast at work yeah um and i mean not really honestly not a whole lot of people approach me about what i do you know some people will say what's your next race coming up or um you know what have you got going on but not a lot of people approach me as to um i want to do this can you can you teach me how although i say that but i did have one guy come in here last week and say you know i see that you're doing this stuff and i want to get back into it you know what what can you tell me Um, and i thought that was kind of interesting so at the very least, right now you're being a good role model, and they're seeing it happen. And I, I think that a lot of times can encourage people. I try. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Well, you mentioned about the running thing. Is there anything else that you do? You're a school administrator, right? Yeah. So you know, I mean, I have lots of kids and parents and agencies in my office. So I do take um, my race bib numbers and I put them on like the side of a cabinet, so people can see just what I've run through the school year. Um, and then I did take, um, depending, I have the, a Boston poster up right now, but I'll take whatever marathon I've recently run and put it up. So, you know, sometimes with agencies, it's a nice icebreaker. They're like, oh, you run, I do a little bit. And it's a nice way to break the chat. And then, you know, with kids in my office and stuff, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that or if I go down to the gym and play basketball or something with them and even in my street shoes and a tie and they're like, how can you be in good condition? I'm like, well, because I run and, um, you know, it helps too that um, a couple of other people run at work. Um, one of my good buddies is a member of the Gary Fisher 2-9er crew, so he's a like semi sort of pro cyclist. So, you know, we have a lot of people in our building um, that students and staff get to see that are athletic on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the conversation will naturally revolve around, you know, what are you training for? or You know, what might you do if you're getting ready for this? And then on the flip side, you'll you'll hear people who say, oh, I don't know how you, you fit it all in. And again, it's, I make it the priority. Um, and, and that's how, how I do it, so... Yeah, and then when people ask you or kids ask you, you can, it gives you that opportunity by having those things at school. That's kind of neat. I hadn't thought about doing that. I tell my kids about my races, and I have a class website, and so I put stuff on there, you know, what my next race is or things, and all my parents, my kids' parents all know what I do. Um, and I ta- I've taught my kids about what a triathlon is, and uh, quite often they have kids' tries around here. So if I if I spend enough time promoting it, I usually am able to convince a couple kids to maybe give it a try and get out there and do one of the kids' tries, you know, so it's just kind of fun and enjoy that. And of course, we have running clubs and things at school as well, and, and uh, like I said, the school I'm at has lots of teachers who are very athletic, so... I don't need to do very much in that regard, but uh, it is neat to see the kids get interested. And I thought I was thinking maybe I'm going to do a little couch to 5K uh, with my, maybe a couch to 3K during PE in uh, my class, because grade threes cannot run uh, a couple of kilometers, not very many of them, without stopping. They just sprint for 100 meters and then they quit. 
but uh, I'm gonna I want to teach them how to run slowly you know and just and just do a walk run and see if we can build it up so I have my whole class not just a couple of kids that like running but the whole class doing it so that's kind of one of my goals this spring what about you Chris yeah, do you guys get a chance to do that um well you skipped a couple of questions there mm-hmm. I, actually you were you were saying that dirt dog I didn't used to have any of that stuff in my office but now um not that there's ever a lot of people in my office um kind of in a, have a remote office but I did hang up my uh my Boston Marathon quilt that you've seen pictures of that my mom made for me. We, she cut up all my old uh, Boston shirts and a couple of jackets and made a quilt out of it for me. Oh, that's so, cool. And then I got all my medals hanging up there, too, which I used to keep in a big shoebox somewhere. So I hung them all up with the uh, with the quilt. So, you know, people come in, they see that. I'm, I'm proud of it. So, yeah. you know, I've gotten to the point Yeah, that's I, awesome. I've gotten to the point where I could say, okay, yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Deal yeah. with it, right? That's right. Well, I don't, and so it should be, but it's a great conversation starter too. Yeah. So there's that, and uh, but but it's not really in your face. Yeah. But uh, the one thing you're talking about the kids, we've had uh, I, there's a lady in my club who does this summer track and field program, mm-hmm. and basically we get 200 kids in during the summer, one one night a week, and they put them through all. And they, they hire, what we do is we hire the local uh, track team from yep. the town. And so that gives the kids a job and some way to, to do that, right? And they come down and they coach the, the little kids, you know, six through whatever. Um, and they do all the track and field events. And they do different events on different nights. And they have all the equipment, you know, for like the hurdles and the, yeah. and the, the pole vault and all that stuff. And, the, and they go through that. And what she's done is she's rolled in to that a sort of a mom group because the kids all have moms. Mm-hmm. And, and we made the rule that you can't just, I didn't make the rule, but she made the rule that you can't just drop your kids off and drive away, uh-huh. right? Because then, then it's not track and field, that it's, you know, babysitting, yeah. right? Um, so the moms stay, and they have a group now where the moms are working out, too, on the track. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's that's working out really well because that's actually a demographic that wants to do something totally but is totally intimidated by people like me yeah but is very comfortable in that environment and they're Mm -hmm. so competitive with each other it's funny (laughs) but you're also killing two birds with one stone because you're solving some of those problems that they have of someone to look after the kids for them to get out there and then that motivation of the group and having all these other people to help them out and to encourage them with you know and having their their peers out there with them and you know that kind of deals with the fatigue and every all the other excuses that we have when we're trying to start something on our own. So that's a great right. idea. Yeah, and one time, one summer, I did it on my own with um, the. I had a, I was I, you know for twelve years or so I was coaching my kids up through the the soccer system, um, and so I had a group of kids. I said, when you kids come out during the summer, you know, once a week, and I'll take down the track. We'll do some running. And, uh, and I had the kids out there, but all the moms showed up wanted to do it. And the moms ended up, you know, running some races. So it was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Well, that's very cool. I'm, I, I wonder, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you kind of wanted to mention that maybe you haven't had an opportunity to anybody before we kind of wind this up? Chris mentioning his, his medals that he has hanging in his office reminds me of something funny that happened the other day. Uh, my son was looking for something to bring for show and tell for school. Yeah. And I said, he, he's like, I think I'm going to bring this Lego guy in. It's this little Lego, like Star Wars Lego guy. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, why don't you know? Why don't you bring my Boston medal in and 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 show everybody for show and tell? He's like, yeah. hmm. No, I think I'll bring the Lego guy. In. He's, like, okay. <laughs> he's like, okay, all right. <laughs> he's only six, though, right? Yes, I'm the only one who cares about it. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> it won't be long before he'll be pulling that Boston medal when he starts realizing how valuable it is. I have kids who brought in their medals, their parents' medals for sure. Uh, you know, especially when I started talking about races I was doing, all of a sudden, you know, there's lots of my students whose parents have done different things, and they got excited, and they started bringing in their parents' medals, and it got that whole conversation going. So he's just not old enough yet, Jake. It'll happen. Although I brought that medal home from the half marathon last weekend, he was he had to wear it immediately. So. Oh, that's excellent. He's getting in. He's getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, Mike, any last parting thoughts? 
Uh, no, I'm way past my bedtime. That's all yeah, I know. I'll bet. You guys, all your your early morning runners, guys, right? And it's like 10.30 for you. And I haven't had dinner yet. I'm starving, so. Yeah. So, uh, the night is young for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you working nights? Yeah, well, I just, I, I'm done work now. Oh, but you just I, work, right? Yeah, I probably won't. I, I won't get home till midnight or so. so. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I'm glad to have you all on here and uh, interesting topic. And uh, hopefully we'll get uh, Chris back here again to talk about injuries one of these days. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag you back in here one time because I really like that whole uh, injury topic as well. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm going to sign off here. And uh, thanks very much. Oh, I know I want to. And yeah, there's something niggling in the back of my, my old brain. Quickly give yourselves each um, a plug for your show, your blog, or whatever you want to call it, your shows. So why don't you go through each of you and give the links, and I'll put them in the show notes as well. So, Chris, why don't you start? Uh, RunRunLive.com. That's, That's all you simple. need to know. Yeah, the show to listen to. And Dirt Dog, you changed your name, so I wasn't sure if I said it right. Did I? Uh, yeah, well, uh, DirtDog.Podbean.com. That's all you need to know. Dirt Dog, spelled with a D-A-W-G. Yes. Dirtdog.podbean.com. And you guys are all on Twitter and Facebook as well. And Jake, you have Run Like Health. What's your URL? Uh, it's runlikehealth.com. Okay. Well, that makes it pretty yep. simple. Okay, pretty thanks simple. very much. And um, I'll say goodbye and and click all on right. the uh, or, turn off button. And uh, if it... Au revoir. Thanks, Barb. All right, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Run, Try, Chat. Information and links to the hosts of today's show can be found on the website at runtrychat.blogspot.com. You can contact me at runtrychat at gmail.com, or if you want to connect in a different way, you can click like on the Run, Try, Chat Facebook page or follow me on Twitter as Run, Try, Chat or as Kelowna Girl. Music for this show is by the Canadian band Great Big C, and it can be found on Mevio's Podsafe Music Alley, as well as on iTunes. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my talented daughter Angie, who created the cover art and logo for the podcast. Thanks for listening, and happy training! Little pearls of wisdom that tumble from